Hey everybody, welcome to Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. This is episode number 236 of our YouTube channel and podcast, and I cannot be more excited to continue sharing with you guys personal finance topics that I think could be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. Today, we are going to be talking about something that sounds very elementary, it sounds very straightforward, uh, but it absolutely is not, and that is selling shares of stock. Because uh, any investor's nightmare uh, is to own something like Amazon, own a stock that uh, is a high flyer over the long term uh, and end up selling Amazon after making 100% return thinking uh, that, man, it just can't go any higher. And it does, right? Uh, so selling a stock is a tricky business. And so I want to help you to walk through those waters because uh, it is something that, especially if you're new to buying individual stocks, making that decision of when to sell uh, can be very affirming, but it can also be uh, something that continues to haunt you for a long time into the future. So uh, we're going to learn all about selling stocks, uh, exactly what you should be looking for, and under what circumstances you should decide uh, to sell shares of stock. Before we get started, though, if you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcasts, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan, and that's really good supplemental materials to all the things that I'm putting out in these long-form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, uh, then I can do that. Just go and message me on any of those major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching. Uh, and you and I can begin working together, creating financial goals that are specific to you and your family situation, and then helping you to push towards those goals and then ultimately push you towards long-term financial freedom, which is uh, what I hope for every single person who is watching or listening to this show on a daily basis. Now, when we're investing in individual stocks, buying stocks doesn't ever seem to be uh, too big of an issue. Yes, you can make mistakes. Yes, you can buy things that you shouldn't. Yes, you can speculate in things when you're really trying uh, to be an investor, right? Uh, so you can make mistakes and you can do some of the wrong things when it comes to purchasing shares of stock. But uh, determining what to purchase is not all that hard, right? You look at a company's past record of you know, providing revenues and cash flows and earnings uh, to their investors, um, and you just make some decisions, right? You make some decisions based on their financial health. How much debt do they have? How costly is it for the firm to service the debt that they do have, right? Uh, how many times can their current assets cover their current liabilities, right? Are they a liquid firm, a solvent firm, right? Are they making big headways as far as growth goes? Uh, in any type of growth category, right? And we talk about all these things uh, when we are going to purchase a stock. And you can make some pretty good determinations and purchase things that will go up in value over the long term that are good quality businesses that are good quality stocks to own. Now, the tricky part, the difficult uh, part in all of this is not, should I purchase this thing, right? The difficult part is, when should I sell it, okay? Now, the most difficult part in when saying, uh, you know, I need to purchase this. I think I should purchase this. The most difficult part is saying, at what price should I purchase this? At what price is this thing a good buy? Because we talked before about how uh, investments can be uh, bad buys. They can be uh, you know, not good investments simply based on the price for which you paid, right? Because if you overpay for something, uh, then it's not going to pan out for you as other investments may. If you overpay uh, for a fantastic company, you're still likely to get lackluster returns, 
right? If you would have bought uh, Tesla near its peak, right? Tesla's probably a pretty good company over the long term, right? And has proven to provide shareholders with a lot of return, right? But if you would have bought it near its peak of $900 per share, right, which is just a crazy valuation based on their fundamentals, uh, then you would have really taken a bath since then because, uh, you know, we're down in the $600 a share region and uh, we've been into the fives all the way down from uh, that $900 share values, right? So um, if you are buying for the wrong price, that can really hurt you. And that's a difficult decision to make on the buy side. But on the sell side, you have to decide not only uh, that you want to sell something, but you have to decide, is this a good price to sell it for? And then exactly why you're looking to sell it. Because uh, if you don't buy something and it goes up, uh, I mean, yeah, you may have missed out on an opportunity, but you were never in that opportunity in the first place, right? But if you sell something and it continues to go up after you sell it, then you made a decision that legitimately got you out of the game on that particular company, on that particular stock right? Which is not what we want. We don't want to be out of the game on any particular company just because, uh, you know, we cashed in some gains because we felt like it had gone up enough. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about selling stock, about, uh, you know, why it is so hard, why it is a, a difficult thing to do and why a lot of mistakes are made on individual stocks when it comes to the actual sale of those stocks, right? So there's an all too common scenario. You buy shares of stock at 25 with the intention of selling it if it reaches 30, right? The stock hits 30 and you decide to hold out for a couple more gains. The stock reaches 32 and greed overcomes rationality. Suddenly the stock price drops back to 29. You tell yourself to just wait until it hits 30 again. This never happens. You finally succumb to the frustration and sell at a loss when it hits 23. In this scenario, it could be said that greed and emotion have overcome rational judgment. The loss was $2 a share, but you actually might have made a profit of $7 when the stock hit its high. These paper losses might be better ignored than agonized over, but the real question is the investor's reason for selling or not selling. Now, when you have these types of scenarios that unfold, there are many reasons that somebody might sell for a loss here. Uh, this is not just a matter of, you know, hey, you missed out on your price target. That's not necessarily what's going on. Uh, a lot of this comes from short-termism, right? It comes from thinking uh, in a short-term way, not thinking over the long-term and what may occur over the long-term and, uh, you know, that I'm going to hold this particular stock, this particular company for a long period of time. There's a reason that Warren Buffett says that his favorite holding period is forever because uh, the longer that you can hold a stock, uh, the less volatility you are going to have to deal with, right? The less that volatility is going to impact your returns and you're going to get some of your best returns over the long term. Peter Lynch talks about how some of his um, biggest tin baggers, right? And tin baggers are uh, companies that he purchased and the stock price multiplied by 10 uh, over the time that he owned it. Some of his best tin baggers uh, were those that uh, he bought and took several years to actually play out, right? They didn't just play out over a short term period of time. Right? And if you expect something to play out over a short period of time and you're just trying to make a $5 a share increase on a $25 share purchase, right, then you're going to miss the boat more often than somebody who is willing to hold shares of stock for a long period of time and is willing to have a long-term time horizon. Right? Uh, this can be a huge problem. And then if you don't know what you own, right, if you don't understand the company, if you don't understand the valuation behind what is going on with this particular company, right, you're going to be far more likely to sell if the stock were to drop 
than if you know it had dropped and you actually knew what was going on. Because if something drops and you know what's going on and you like the company still, well now it's just on sale and it's more likely that you'll either just hold or buy more. Okay, but if you don't know what's going on, if you're unsure uh, as to exactly how this investment is going to play out and you don't know much about the company and you don't know the fundamentals and it drops, well, what you're likely to do is just sell and you're likely to sell for a loss. And this is a very big issue. Right. And in a scenario like I laid out a moment ago, when the stock goes up some and then you get a little greedy, right, that typically occurs in the stocks that you don't know anything about because uh, you're willing to get greedy given the fact that it feels more like a gamble, right? It feels like, oh, I've already you know, won to this point. Let's see if I can continue to win more. Not if it's based on some objective facts, if it's based on some fundamental analysis that you have done in order to invest in whatever you are investing in uh, and you have made the proper decisions and you can watch the price and have uh, certain prices in your mind as to what something is worth uh, and exactly when you should go about pulling the trigger on selling it in the future, okay? So a lot of our selling mistakes can be uh, erased by actually knowing what we own uh, and having a long-term time horizon, okay? And you'll see that play into uh, each of the following uh, issues that I'm gonna talk about here in a moment, okay? So there are really three reasons uh, that you would sell a stock. There's three reasons that you really should, okay? So you would first sell a stock when buying was a mistake, or the story about that stock has changed, okay? Uh, because buying being a mistake in the first place means that you purchased something that you shouldn't have purchased, okay? But the story changing and then you still holding on to it means that in essence, you decided to buy, right? Because if you hold something, you're deciding to buy it all over again, uh, whatever next day or next week or whatever, right? So if you're still holding something that the story has changed on where buying would be a mistake at that point, right, and the story has changed, uh, then that can be uh, a problem as well. But that uh, is a moment where we might go about selling a stock. Then you might also sell a stock when the price rises dramatically, okay? And then you may also sell a stock for its valuation. So let's dig into each one of these and see exactly under what circumstances we would go about selling shares of stock. So presumably, uh, you've put some research into a stock before you bought it, right? Uh, that is really the first thing. When you're going to purchase a stock, you need to do your research. You need to know what the valuation is, what uh, is a adequate price, uh, if this company has good growth prospects over the long term, uh, and you should just know something. You should know what business they're in. You should know uh, how they make their revenues. You should know all of these things, okay? Now, you may later conclude that you've made an analytical error and you realize that the business is not a suitable investment, right? And this is why I say uh, the story may change, okay? But the story may also not change and you just looked over something uh, that you shouldn't have looked over in the first place, okay? So you should absolutely sell a stock, uh, even if it means incurring a loss, if you purchased it on a mistake, okay? Because if you purchase something that was a mistake to purchase in the first place and you allow it to go up over some period of time, okay? And then you see that it's been going up and you're like, hey, well, I'm just gonna keep you know riding this train like in that scenario earlier. You're just gonna keep riding it and see if you can make some more money even if the purchase was a mistake, then you're not likely to sell until you actually incur some loss, right? Or you erase most of your gains. 
which is not what we want, right? If you make any gains on something that was a mistake, cash those in and put your money into something that's not going to be a mistake decision, okay? Uh, so you need to sell that stock. The key to successful investing is to rely on your data and analysis instead of Mr. Market's emotional mood swings. Like I've said before about Mr. Market, that comes from uh, the intelligent investor. Ben Graham talks about Mr. Market and how Mr. Market comes out every day and Mr. Market gives you some price uh, for whatever asset you own. And that price may be a price that is a legitimate price that makes a lot of sense. And it may also be a price that makes no sense whatsoever uh, for whatever you own. Sometimes it's overvaluing, sometimes it's undervaluing whatever asset you actually own. Okay, uh, so we can't just listen to Mr. Market. Uh, if your analysis was flawed, then you can sell the stock and move on. Right. But we don't want to care too much about what Mr. Market is saying. We want to pay more attention to our analysis, to the data, because people can get way too caught up in uh, the price action of a stock, even though uh, technical analysis is something that can be paired well. Uh, and technical analysis has a lot to do with the price and the momentum and uh, all these moving averages and all these different things, right? And all these different indicators of, you know, a stock's chart, whatever. That can be paired well with fundamental analysis, but using it just on its own can get you into a lot of trouble, okay? Now, the stock might go up after you sell, which causes you to second guess yourself, okay? It's also possible that a 10% loss on that investment could turn out to be the smartest investment move you ever made, right? Uh, because you could make a big bet on something and really overlook some uh, material weakness in whatever investment it may be. Think about uh, if you were someone who had invested in Enron in the early 2000s, right, and thought that it was a, a legitimate company and that they were doing uh, things in a moral, ethical way, right? And then you find out that uh, things happened in the way they did and you lost so much of your money uh, because of that, right? Uh, taking a 10% loss on an Enron could have been the best investment decision that you made because you figured out your mistake in a timely manner. That's why research is not just done uh, at the buy, right? You shouldn't just do your research and then when you go and purchase whatever stock it is, be done with your research. No, you need to be consistently keeping up with the company because again, like I said earlier, if you own a particular company, a particular stock, then you're making the decision every single day that you would buy it again that day instead of selling it and purchasing something else, okay? So, of course, not all analytical mistakes are equal. If a business fails to meet short-term earnings forecasts and a stock goes down, don't overreact and immediately sell, right? Assuming that the soundness of the business is still intact, right? Uh, because it, so often it happens that, um, you know, the earnings don't meet Wall Street estimates or don't beat Wall Street estimates. Well, we have to remember that Wall Street estimates are already uh, saying that you, you know, need to be growing at a certain clip to... Um, you know, speak to the valuation that the company already has in the market, okay? So don't freak out if that just doesn't pan out perfectly, okay? If you are a long-term holder of a stock, if you believe in what the company is doing over the long term and they just miss estimates in the short term, then that's okay, okay? But you have to make sure that all business fundamentals are still in place, okay? But if you see the company losing market share to competitors, it could be a sign of a real long-term weakness in the company, right? And if they have competitors that are extremely strong and that are really pushing them out of certain areas, and that's why uh, they are missing on, you know, earnings or missing on revenues, then that may be a reason that you actually need to pull the trigger and go ahead and sell the stock because uh, it would be a mistake to hold it any longer, okay? So, if you purchased it on a mistake or the story has changed materially, 
right? You need to sell the stock. Now, uh, you also should sell a stock when the price rises dramatically. Now, it's very possible uh, that a stock you just bought may rise dramatically in a short period of time. I mean, I would just think about uh, the individuals who owned GameStop stock before the whole Reddit thing took off, right? Before uh, the beginning of the year. And they were just holding GameStop stock thinking, you know, they could make some adequate return over time. And then that stock explodes upward, right? Or Tesla stock over the, uh, you know, year and a half leading up to now. You know, you start at the beginning of last year. If you would have owned Tesla stock at the beginning of last year and just held it to now, I mean, the returns you could have made uh, are just astronomical, right? But when a stock rises dramatically like that in a short period of time, uh, you may need to take some profits off the table, okay? Many of the best investors are the most humble investors. Don't take the fast rise as an affirmation that you're smarter than the overall market. Because in, in a situation like GameStop or AMC uh, or any of those Reddit stocks, uh, you weren't smarter than the market, right? Uh, the market is right. The market is, is true to the fact that these companies were not extremely valuable. These companies did not have a lot of long-term value. The market's right about that, right? So it doesn't affirm that you're smarter. It just affirms that in the short term, it worked out for you, right? Uh, it's in your best interest to sell a stock if you realize that uh, there is this fast rise, if there is this thing where uh, there was no way that you could have predicted uh, what was occurring, okay? Now, sometimes it's material, sometimes it's not. Uh, in the case of GameStop, it absolutely was not. Sometimes there's something material that can just blow a stock up uh, over a short period of time. And, uh, you know, I think about Zoom last year, right? If you were a Zoom stockholder uh, before the pandemic began, and that stock just explodes because everybody begins to use Zoom uh, because many of us didn't know what Zoom was two years ago. But now uh, everybody and their mom knows what Zoom is, uh, right? So that stock rises in a meteoric way uh, and then taking some profits off of the table in that case may be a very smart thing to do. A cheap stock can become an expensive stock very fast for a host of reasons, including speculation by others. And in all of these cases, you had a bunch of people who were speculative. In GameStop, a bunch of speculation. In Zoom, a bunch of speculation. In Tesla, and that caused the stock to rise over time. Take your gains and move on. Even better, if that stock drops significantly, consider buying it again. If the shares continue to increase, take comfort in the Take comfort in the old saying, no one goes broke booking a profit, right? If you actually take some profits off the table, uh, then you're actually, you know, guaranteeing that you have some of that money. Now, that can get you in trouble, and that's why it is so difficult to determine when to sell a stock, uh, because you could sell something and it could continue upwards, right? It could continue uh, to go up and up and up and up. So taking profits uh, can cost you returns, okay? But in a case where something, some stock has risen very quickly and you take some returns off of the table, uh, that can't be a bad thing, right? Uh, especially if we're talking something that's risen 300, 400% uh, in just a very, very short period of time, right? If you take some of those earnings off the table, uh, then I don't think anybody would be mad at you for doing so. But especially, especially, especially if you are not uh, you know, being a long-term investor on whatever this is, right? And you just speculated and you guessed right, and you made a mistake on the purchase, and then the stock rises dramatically, please take your earnings off the table. Please take your returns off the table, right? Uh, Jim Cramer begged people uh, in GameStop to please take your earnings and run, or people in Bitcoin, as Bitcoin rose in the way that it did, to take some money off the table 
and run uh, because sometimes booking a profit is the best thing that you could do. And in both of those situations, if you would have booked some profit at the highs, uh, you would be feeling really, really good about where you're at now. So if you own a stock that has been sliding, consider selling on a so-called dead cat bounce. Okay, A dead cat bounce is basically where uh, you have something that uh, there's a material weakness. There's a reason that something is going down in value. And you see it going down, but then it bounces maybe because the market bounced for a day or some type of news in the short term. Right. And it bounces, but it's going to continue its downward slide because there's really nothing, um, you know, super positive about that particular company. These upticks are temporary and usually based on unexpected news. And when those occur, then expect uh, that is a time that you could go ahead and sell uh, these types of stocks. OK, uh, so anytime the price rises dramatically, uh, either sell your position or take some off the table, because, again, we are long term investors. I'm not saying uh, to just cut your position and whatever you have long term conviction about because that can be detrimental to you. If you cut your position uh, and the stock continues upward and you had conviction about that stock and you just sold it because it went up, uh, then that can be problematic. And especially if the story doesn't change, if the stock still has good long-term growth prospects, then by all means, or if it just uh, you know had some really great growth in earnings over the short term, then that might be a more of a reason to cut more of your position. Uh, because you think about a company like Zoom, uh, they got a huge bump by the pandemic. But are they ever going to see growth like that again? Like, I, I don't know. I don't see how you would see growth like that again. OK, but if you had a company like, let's say, Amazon, that over the years has sustained long term growth of earnings and cash flow and revenues, right, then that's a company that if you would have sold it after you made your first couple hundred percent or it had its first big pop upwards, uh, then you may be looking at it now at, you know, whatever it is, thirty four hundred dollars a share going. Why in the world? Did I sell that stock? Okay, uh, so we need to be careful as to why we're selling it when the price rises. Okay, but taking some off the table with dramatic rises, not 20%, not 40%, but I'm talking multiple hundreds of percent, uh, could be a very good move for you and your portfolio. Then the third reason that we would sell a stock is for valuation. Okay, now this is a difficult decision, it's part art, part science. Okay, the value of any share of stock ultimately rests on the present value of the company's future cash flows. Okay, what future cash flows is it going to make? What are those cash flows worth today? The valuation will always carry a degree of imprecision because the future is uncertain. You don't know what future cash flows are going to be, and you don't know what rate of return is going to be required by investors to discount those cash flows back by. This is why value investors rely heavily on the margin of safety because the margin of safety gives you that space between uh, what something is actually worth and what it is currently selling for. Okay, because again, if, if a stock's worth a hundred and you know you could buy it for ninety-five, well, you may be off a little bit in your valuation, and that stock may really be worth ninety-three, and you could buy it for ninety-five. So that's problematic. You don't have a large margin of safety. But if the stock is worth a hundred and you can buy it for seventy-six. Right. That seems to be a big enough margin of safety to where you could actually take uh, some money and put that position into play for yourself and expect to make money uh, over the long term. A good rule of thumb is to consider selling if the company's valuation becomes significantly higher than its peers. Of course, this is a rule with many exceptions because sometimes it's difficult to determine who a company's peers are. And sometimes a company can break out from its peers and grow in a way that its peers are not growing because of either some line of business that the other companies don't have, uh, or they are doing it way better than anybody else is doing, and they're just eating up market share of everyone else. 
Okay. Another more reasonable selling tool uh, is when a company's PE ratio significantly exceeds its average PE ratio over the past five or 10 years. For instance, at the height of the internet boom in the late 90s, shares of Walmart had a PE of 60 times earnings, right? That means you were paying $60 for $1 of Walmart earnings per share, okay? As it opened up its first website with e-commerce, uh, it had that 60 times earnings uh, valuation. Despite Walmart's quality, any owner of shares should have considered selling and potential buyers should have considered looking elsewhere, okay? Because valuation, although it may not seem like it at times, right? Because money's so cheap in the market and anybody uh, can just drive prices upward, right? Valuation still matters. Valuation is still important because if a company historically has been worth uh, a certain number of dollars per $1 of earnings, right? And it's selling for double that or triple that or quadruple that, right? Then you may look at that company and go, you know, why is this valuation even in play? Why are we uh, valuing a company like this? Now, this is especially a good reason not to purchase a stock, okay? But this kind of plays with the second reason to sell a stock, right? The uh, dramatic rise in price, uh, it plays along with that uh, by, you know, we need to look at the valuation. We need to look at what uh, the stock is worth, the company is worth relative to its earnings or its revenues or its cash flows or its book value or whatever, and really see if this plays along with uh, what they have been historically. Because companies can change and their valuations can change along with them, right? And what's normal in a valuation can also change with them. Uh, but you should have known for a company like Walmart back in the late 90s that a 60 times earnings valuation was just going to be a crazy valuation to sustain over the long term. And they haven't sustained it, okay? So we just have to be careful when it comes to valuation, when it comes to uh, how a stock is priced relative to its fundamentals. Uh, you have to really pay attention and pay attention to its peers, pay attention to its averages over time. Uh, and you can make some decisions if those valuations are just way too far out of whack. And again, this can be a very good reason to take some off of your position, uh, but maybe not get rid of your position altogether if you are a long-term investor, which is what I am and what I'm trying to teach you to be, okay? Because being a long-term investor, you can hold on to something that's got a high valuation because it has increased in price over time. Uh, you can continue to hold that thing, but you just have to understand that your returns from there on are likely to be a bit more muted than what they've been in the past because uh, at higher valuations, it's going to be more difficult to get uh, growth that keeps up with uh, that particular valuation and maybe continues to grow it over time. Okay, then uh, there's kind of a, a, an extra reason that you may sell shares of stock. Uh, and this is one that doesn't come down to the company and doesn't come down to your analysis, but it comes down to the fact that you may need money, okay? Uh, if you have shares of stock in a brokerage account or whatever, or uh, even in a, an IRA, some type of retirement account, uh, and you need money, right? You're retired and you need to take money off the table or uh, you are, let's say, uh, about to pay for your kid's college and you need to take some money out of your brokerage account, then by all means, do so, okay? It might not seem like the best reason to sell a stock, but it is a reason nonetheless, okay? Uh, stocks are an asset, and there are times when people need cash from their assets, uh, whether it's money for a new business, paying for college, purchasing a home, uh, you know, retiring, actually funding your retirement. This decision depends on your financial situation, uh, and it doesn't mean anything based on the fundamentals of the stock. Sometimes uh, you just need to take your positions off. That way you can actually uh, pay for the life events that you need to pay for. Because the things that we can do with our investments, right, uh, we can either live off of them 
or we can leave them for the next generation. And obviously leaving them for the next generation requires that we grow them to a certain point, right? But ultimately we wanna take care of ourselves with our investments first. And so it's no surprise that sometimes you may sell a stock or an investment for specific financial needs. Look, selling stocks is a hard business. Okay. And one of the best things that you can do when you sell shares of stock is to stop looking at that stock's price, especially if you got rid of your whole position, stop looking at that stock's price because uh, you can quickly talk yourself into the fact that you made a mistake in selling if the stock continues to go up or uh, if it goes down, you can feel like, you know, you're the best investor in the world because you sold before it went down, which neither of those things are true. All those are, are you know, vicissitudes of Mr. Market and fluctuations in Mr. Market's decision making. Uh, so don't allow that to make you think uh, that you are, you know, the best thing to ever come to investing because it is likely not true. Okay, just pay attention to what's going on within a company. Do your research. Do your analysis. Uh, understand the fundamentals. Understand the valuation. Understand what the price does over the short term. Right, and make sure that if you make mistakes, that you can cut bait. Uh, and actually get yourself into a position where you can invest in things that you understand, invest in things that you know, and have a long-term time horizon in order to have those investments play out for you uh, and grow over the long term. And if the story doesn't change, by all means, keep the position, okay? But that doesn't mean that your position can't grow or decrease based on valuation and price over time. So thanks for watching this video. If you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan, and that's really good supplemental materials to all the things that I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to stay accountable to a financial plan and build one that works for you, then I can do that. Uh, just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions and we can begin working together building financial goals that would work best for you uh, and then ultimately pushing you towards long-term financial freedom which is what I hope for everybody who watches or listens to this show every single day uh, and hopefully I can help you to get on the right financial track get you out of debt help you to build up some emergency savings and ultimately save for retirement and build wealth over the long term. So tune in tomorrow as I continue talking about personal finance topics that I think could be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. So thanks for watching this episode of Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. God bless.